Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. They fall into one of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs. We have our marketing and business coaches. We have our folks who help others build their businesses, who we like to call the business creators. And on the other side, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you are any of the above, one or more of the above, please explore episodes and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. We post new content every week. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Be sure to subscribe. Over 130 episodes are already posted awaiting your perusal. Today, we are going to cover one of our listeners' favorite topics, which is social media. We have found that there are a few topics that our listeners just really love. We, uh, they love copywriting. They love social media. They love, and the third one they love is branding. It's those three that people just really seem to love. And I think it's for very good reason. These are things where there really is no exact correct answer, and a lot of it has to do with what works best for your business and for your audience. Where we see a lot of our listeners struggling, where I see a lot of people struggling in the game of business and marketing, is with getting more out of social media. We hear that there are these push-button strategies where you sponsor one post and you'll get 150 opt-ins to your webinar, which, uh, believe me, I you know, the next time I see that will probably be the first. And I really hope that today's guest can uh, can sort of set me straight on that because I hope I'm wrong. Uh, or we are looking for how to exactly word our posts. And maybe there's a science to that as well. I know that I've experimented with some of my posts and I've gotten more likes, more comments, more shares based on how I've worded certain things and just certain topics that people in my own audience and the Business Creators Institute's audience really seem to love. So what you are invited to attend today for the next hour is definitely not your typical traffic school. And to teach us this, we have on board Sally Hendrick, who is the founder of the Social Media Traffic School. And just to tell you a little bit about that, Sally runs an organization where you learn how to drive traffic to your business that was words I don't like, and we'll get to that in a minute, using social media marketing and automation. With a 24-year background in statistics and actuarial science, Sally has ventured into the online world to help entrepreneurs stop spinning their wheels with the techno-slow-mo. I love that, techno-slow-mo, by giving them the strategy, showing them how to use the tools, and teaching them to read the analytics to be reactive to their campaigns. Sally, I already hear you giggling back there. I know how excited you are, so come on down. Hello, how are you? Oh, Thank be better you for having me. Couldn't be better if you paid me a million dollars. However, you should still try. Oh, well, you know, I'm looking for that first million myself, right? Well, let's see <laughs> if we can find it together. Now, as our listeners know, uh, there are a couple questions we ask right here at the outset. And uh, so we're going to go through those now. And you also may hear occasionally a little bit of jingling, a little bit of rustling in the background. I know in podcast school they tell you to lock your animals out of the office and make sure they're not in here. But the fact is I do have two 
personal assistants, and they can go wherever they want, and they can do whatever they please. So if you hear their jingling, or if one of them even meows, that's just the way it is, because they work here. They are my personal assistants, Princess Sandra and Princess Stella. Before we get into our topic of traffic school today here, uh, Sally, could you tell us a little bit more about your own personal brilliance and passion, and what has brought you to where you are today, helping our business creators with social media strategies and tactics that actually work? Well, actually, my story starts with a completely different spin on things in that I've been working in a computer doing statistical analyses for large companies all over the world for 25 years. And what I found is that I was drowning in the tedium of doing similar projects over and over and over again and losing the creativity that I, you know, loved to have when I first started creating custom reports. But after a while, it became, you know, very humdrum, if you will, to keep doing that. And so I would always be finding ways of infusing creativity into my life. Right. And I love social media. I love hanging out on social media. I was in groups where I was socializing with people, but also in groups where I was being coached by a fitness coach at one point. And that's kind of how I realized, oh, this could be something where a business could actually be viable using social media. And so it was very intriguing to me to get started in that way. Oh, I see. But that was mm-hmm. – Go ahead. But that, that was about four years ago when I first started, you know, getting involved in groups and so on and so forth, especially on Facebook. And I really didn't mix it up with what I was doing in my business. But after a couple of years, I decided that I would go ahead and try it out. And I started coaching people in the fitness arena, but I quickly found out that going through my friends and family was not really the way I wanted to do business. I wanted to figure out how do you dig into the statistics on social media and find people. How do you find, you know, how do you read the uh, demographic data, how do you look at all of those things that Facebook's doing in the background that people don't really think about and figure it out for yourself so that you can find the right people, you know, your target market. And I started helping other people with it. I started showing them how to, to hook up some things online and the questions just grew and grew the people kept asking me for more and more information. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not getting paid (laughs) to do this. And it's starting starting to become like every few days somebody's asking me how to do something technical online with some sort of tool out there. Right. And so once I I realized that I was good at, at using the tools, which I knew I was because I was doing that, you know, for my career anyway, but once I figured out how to use the ones that pertain to social media marketing, um, I decided that that would be a great place to start teaching. See, that's fantastic, and that's part of the reason I'm so excited to have you here today is because of that mindset and that background, and I think a lot of our listeners struggle with the same thing. They're really just trying to figure out how to make this social media thing actually 
work. I, and, and, you know, that, and that can be very perplexing. I mean, I've seen people who have invested a ton of money in social media marketing and have gotten basically absolutely nothing from it. Uh, there's one person I know in particular who's a really good friend of mine. I think he paid this one firm uh, $15,000, might have been $30,000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't recall the guy actually getting any contacts as a result of it. No new customers, no new purchases, no new attendees to his events. Uh, however, mm-hmm. this social media company, they love to have meetings, and they love to ask the same damn questions over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, and, and anybody who listens to the Business Creators Radio Show knows that uh, some people's idea of a horror film um, is Freddy Krueger. Some ideas of uh, uh, people's idea of a horror film is uh, some kind of dystopian fiction um, after, uh, after that event that uh, Prepper's are waiting for um, has happened, and we're living in this alternate universe, basically, uh, which is what you know why everybody needs to be a bit prepared because you never know what happens. Uh, and right. for some people, uh, like me, it's the vision of a cubicle and a meeting room. Well, there's that, <laughs> but that's why well, that's the thing I wanted to get away from, though, because I had enough of that in my career. Right. But what I wanted to mention, you know, you're talking about this guy that paid this firm to do something for him. Well, did he direct what they were going to do or did they direct what they were going to do? Because if he, if it's his business and he's an entrepreneur and he's wanting to push this out to the world, it's got to be his vision and creativity and all of that behind it. Now, I understand that there are some things that it makes sense to delegate. Right. But when you're first starting a business, you can't think, oh, I'm just going to pay somebody and this is going to happen for me. My husband built businesses from scratch for the last 22 years from $4,000 up to six figures up to nine figures in you know sales as far as selling companies. He's done it over and over and over again. And he had to sit down and figure it out himself and do the work himself to make the vision happen so that he could then pass it off to someone fully packaged and ready to go. And right. my belief is that you've got to know your stuff inside out, and you've got to know your target market inside out before you can hand it to someone else who does not live and breathe your vision. Well, in this case, uh, in this case my colleague did very much set a vision and basically uh, got a lot of pushback on it, uh, uh, was told that, oh, this will never work and things like that, and uh, to a degree felt like he was being left out of the process. So uh, that's, that's the extent to which it went. So I think in his case, he might have just stayed a little bit too long. This could have been a complete outlier. But unfortunately, I've yeah, heard maybe. other stories like that. That's just the one that's closest to me. But I've heard a lot of stories like that where mm-hmm. – uh, and, I've, and, I've, and I've known people to have experiences with social media firms – where they then see what their social media firm is doing in their name, and they say, holy crap. Right. I informed someone the other day, in fact. There was somebody who has, oh, 46,000 likes on their page or something, and and they were utilizing that technique where they go and they spam comment all over other people's uh, business pages. Right. Comments that make absolutely no sense to what the content is, you know, hey, this is great, 
really important information or it would be bad grammar. It would be in a half, halfway in another language. And it was like, look, you're commenting on something. It, it makes no sense at all what this is. And so I wrote to the administrator of the page who was doing it, and I said, are you doing this or are you hiring a firm who's doing this? Because it's annoying and somebody is over here creating a list of sites who spam other sites on Facebook, and you're getting wow. on it. And he was like, oh, okay, we're stopping that. And let me tell you, it stopped almost immediately because they had to have been managing a good dozen accounts that were coming back to my page over and over and over again three, four, five times a day where I'm getting all these notifications saying all these ridiculous comments that made no sense. Right, uh, and I and I can and I can tell when things are fake too, and I can also tell when somebody's trying to sell me something. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, have you, have you ever seen those? Have you ever seen those uh, posts that people put on other people's walls? Where um, let me give let me give you an example. Uh, well, actually, I don't have an example off the top of my head, but I'm going to make one up if you'll allow me. But I've seen so many of these. Like, let's say, for instance, there's somebody who is. Uh, we're going to say that they are a. Um, they are a, holi uh, a holistic vegan chef. Let's make that up. A holistic mm -hmm. vegan chef. Actually, I could hire mm -hmm. one of those. Um, and uh, so they'll so they'll go on to um, they'll go on to uh, somebody's wall, maybe a friend of theirs, and they'll say they'll say uh, something like, "Hey Sally, I can't wait to I can't wait for our call tomorrow. We're gonna." discuss more about how uh about how Stella is the world's top or, or helping Stella become the nation's number one holistic vegan chef so maybe Stella's assistant posts that on your wall and it's designed to be um them saying hey coach we can't wait to have our call with you but they're really positioning as an as an advertorial for themselves and uh, that is something mm -hmm. if i ever saw it on my wall i would tell my clients i don't care how many thousands of dollars you pay me per week or per month do not do that in my space right right yeah, yeah it, it doesn't make sense Right. Yeah, no, because, yeah, and I was doing it for them because as their coach, I was helping them because it makes them look bad. Yeah, it does. Well, and that gets back to relevance. You know, when whenever you are working with people, make sure that when you are commenting, giving value, whatever it is you're doing, that it's relevant. But also make everything you're doing relevant to your brand, relevant to um, who you're targeting, because you can't – the way that I look at things is that you have to have this all angles approach. Right. You can't just look at one particular thing and think, okay, this Facebook ad that I'm going to run about, you know, getting people to sign up for the class that I'm going to teach on how to use ConvertKit is relevant to a group of law of attraction specialists. Right. It may be relevant to people who like law of attraction and are also in business and are also online trying to figure out how to track activity of their subscribers right. <laughs> and they want to go and, and they want to buy ConvertKit instead of buying Infusionsoft because of the price difference and they're hearing all these great things about ConvertKit, but those people are not hanging out on the Holistic Vegan Chefs page. You know what right. I mean? Necessarily. So what you have to think about whenever you are looking for people is that let's say you want to teach that class on ConvertKit 
And you know that people who are using MailChimp are getting tired of the multiple list situation and how people's emails are duplicated and so you get charged more. It's a real problem that people are having with MailChimp. And ConvertKit has come along and had this great you know, solution to that by being more of a subscriber-centric program. And that's what you're teaching. Well, the way that I look at it is, okay, let's go find the people who like MailChimp. Let's go see where they hang out online. When we write copy for an ad, let's talk about, hey, are you tired of MailChimp and this problem? You know, you're going to solve that problem. How about trying out this live class on ConvertKit to see what it's about? Right. Guess what? I had like 600 people sign up. And it was just a Facebook ad, and I had never run one on that particular platform before. Just, but, a, matter, I mean, just a matter of positioning, basically, and uh, and looking right. at what the, the offer really is, because that audience might have said, well, law of attraction stuff, I don't have time for this woo-woo stuff. Uh, I'm here for business. But you took that, right. you applied it to business, and now suddenly you're getting both messages out there, which is fantastic. So you are getting yes. your original job done and at the same time meeting them on the field where they're playing. Yeah. But you have to make sure that whatever problem you're solving for people, that you're hitting two interests. You have to have at least dual interests going on that you know, are working against each other, or not, not against each other, but they're totally mutually exclusive things. And those mutually exclusive things have to have a point where they cross up. Right. And that point where they cross up is the subset that, that's equal to both sides. And those are the people that you've got to find. Yeah. And then you can dig even further if you want to. But if you're not crafting your copy to speak to both at the same time and to target both at the same time where they're hanging out online, then you're not going to do as well with finding those people. And that's just with advertising. Right. You can apply that same concept to every social media platform depending on how it is you find those people. With Twitter, it's with keywords. With um, you know, Blab, it's with keywords. It, it, same thing with Periscope, you know, wherever you have the hashtag. And then when it comes to Facebook ads, it's groups and business pages that you go look for. Um, you know, you think about uh, the search fields on Pinterest, all these different places where you find dual interests. Right. Very, very true. And uh, and see, what I want to make sure everybody's aware of, and you pretty much mentioned this, is the social media platforms, uh, all of them to some degree, but especially LinkedIn and especially Facebook, are search engines. Mm -hmm. You can yes, optimize yes. what you do on those search engines. With Facebook, you can use the trends. You can use how you construct the name of your group or how you construct the name of your page to optimize for a search term. And uh, not only will that work within Facebook, but especially with the pages, uh, the business pages can be spidered by Google and show up on search results. So it's always a good idea if you have a business name to have a page up around that name and uh, regularly put some content on it. Yes, exactly. And also, you know, circulate what you've got going. Don't just put it on your blog or just on Facebook or just on LinkedIn. You need to circulate the material you're using and put it all around, but you need to change it to be the right format. 
such, such as Instagram, it's more about images and how those look. And then the copy needs to have those cute little emojis in there or whatever it is to get people's attention. Because when you're looking at a visual platform, it's one thing to be visual. It's another thing to stand out in a visual platform. It's a very difficult thing to do, but you can do it, and you have to do it by looking at, well, what is this platform used for? Right. What do you see when you go to these hashtags and these pages? Which one, which picture is going to stand out for you? And that way you get people over to your page so that they can see what you're doing and then they know what you're about. Exactly. But those same, yeah, those same images that aren't going to work on Twitter. Right. So, you know, that's a, there's a whole different way of doing that. And it's basically setting up a matrix of knowing how do you translate from one to the next. Right. Precisely. Because uh, the mistake that I see very often with social media is that uh, somebody will come up with a post and they'll just splash it across every social media platform. Now, granted, um, if you're just doing like your daily whatever it is post to some of the main platforms like Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Google+, to a certain degree, it is possible to just have those four tabs open and post the same thing. Bang, 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 one, two, three, four. I've seen people do that right. very successfully. However, um, that's good for keeping your presence in the news feed, just like sending your weekly e-newsletter is great for keeping you in the inbox. But when it right. comes to the part of social media that comes to direct engagement, you've got to be a little more strategic than that. Yes, yeah, and, and that's everything. one thing. You keep your presence going, right. but then when it comes to the engagement, you have to really look at the platform and see how you can make it as optimal as possible. Right. My most successful clients do both uh, because uh, almost all of my clients, even some of the really big-name clients, will handle a, a good bit of their own social media. Like they'll post their daily video mm -hmm. or they'll post their daily inspiration or they'll put links to their blog posts and things like that, but they're also – working with a social media company, or maybe they're even doing this themselves in one case, where they are also running targeted campaigns, and they are doing other types of posts and other types of content with a specific purpose towards a conversion goal. So they understand right, that there's, right. room, there's room for both things. And hey, if you don't have all four of your platforms open, you don't just plaster across the board at least once a day, then that could mean that you show up zero times a day on those platforms. So as I say, it's, uh, you know, one is better than none and two is better than one. Uh, same yep. time, you have to understand the difference. Uh, one of my clients very recently, while he continues to do the thing where he does every day have his four main social media platforms open, and he takes the same post and goes, boop, 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 just posted across the four of them, he uh, filled an entire webinar using online advertising through social media portals uh, with a combination of targeted ads and retargeting and did not even yes. email his list. I've done that. Yeah. I, for, sometimes I forget to email my list. Well, <laughs> the problem was is he had two other things going with his list, and it was just too crowded. So I, you know, I spoke right. to him. I said, you know what? We're going to try and promote this webinar to your list as an on-demand event. But for the upcoming live webinar, how about we try it just on social media and see what we do? And the results were fantastic. Yep. It can be because a lot of times people get overwhelmed by their inbox and they won't even go look at it and they'll, they will pass over that piece of text that goes by just because they are not really sure what's in it. 
But whenever they're hanging out on social media, it's a little bit different. They're hanging out there. Right. They're not hanging out in their email inbox, okay? That can cause a lot of stress oh, yeah. and a lot of anxiety when you're looking at an email inbox with 57 emails unread and you just did your inbox two hours ago. So oh, it I know. really <laughs> can be something that passes by. And so you've got to know the tricks to be able to get to the same people on your social media channels, that's why you do go across multiple ones to put your presence out there. But when it comes to bringing people in to a webinar or to a class or to some sort of challenge or whatever it is that you're doing to get them to get you know more value to them, you have to go and utilize those uh, tools to find them on Twitter, to find them on Facebook, to find them in other places with all that retargeting. And people... If they don't do it, they don't know how to do it, and they end right. up paying somebody else to do it. And if you don't know what you're telling people, you know, you've got to be able to know how to tell people the, what your purpose is. And if you don't understand it in the first place, it's very difficult to send that message across to someone you're delegating it to, even a social media company. They may think, oh, this is what this person needs, and they get into this kind of rote memory, you know, this this procedure, they're like, oh, I got to go update these things on five clients today, and they just go through and do it without thinking because they're paying somebody, you know, a few dollars an hour to just go do a task. And when it comes to the strategy infused into it, they they don't care as much as you do. Right. You know. That's very. And true. so you really have to be careful about what you hand off or be very specific about it or get one person that is your full-time person. You know, I mean, that's just right. You know, if, if and this, and this is uh, interesting and you will run into this sometimes. So you do have to keep an eye on your own social media, even if you're outsourcing it. Uh, you know, the people I work with now are fantastic. Uh, there was a firm I worked with briefly about three years ago. Uh, and this was, only a symptom of a larger problem, but this is just one example. Uh, when when I uh, when they went through their questionnaire process with me and they asked me uh, the things that they're not supposed to say because it might conflict with my brand or something like that, uh, the very first thing I said was never ever ever use the phrase "traffic to your website" because I don't believe there's any such thing. And, Why? And so what's and what's what's the first thing they post? Visit the Business Creators Institute. We have 20 hours of training on how to get traffic to your website. It's like, son of a gun. <laughs> Got to keep your hand out. You told them not to do that. Yeah. Why don't you like that word? I, I, think, I think if you're driving traffic to your website, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. You might as well just take a bowl of pasta and throw it at the wall and see if maybe something sticks and that's what you nibble on. Uh, because here's how, you, here's how you look at it. Traffic is why I work from a home office. Website, what is a website? Is that an about page, a sales page, webinar registration page, event page, contact page, products page, privacy page, recommended research right. page, blog page? Uh, I could go on and on and on and on and on. And What about traffic things, to your services? All of those things can be a website, and a website can be or can consist of all those things. So we have failed to define our terms in both traffic and website. However, when we are attracting 
targeted visitors who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped to our web pages. Mm -hmm. So when we're bringing visitors to our web pages, that is something I can endorse all day long. It's the same thing, but it's changing the language. Uh, when I tell people, and I do this with my own clients all the time, if you're looking to stand out from everybody else who does what you do, it's like, it's like a marketing firm saying, we're going to help you develop no like, and trust. Really? You'd hope that your marketing person went to internet marketing preschool. I mean, no like, and trust. Ooh, that's exciting. But if you give that another name, now you stand out. If you are attracting visitors to web page instead of driving traffic to your website like everybody else does. <laughs> well, I find it funny because I do have, you know, social media traffic school. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I have a friend who uh who uh specializes in traffic and leads. So, uh again, it's it's a very common phrase out there. It's just Something mm -hmm. that uh, gives me personally the heebie-jeebies, and our listeners know it. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, you're not supposed to do that exact same stuff. I just put a different name on it because when you are looking to stand out from the marketplace, using the same phraseology that everybody else is using is going to mean you're just like everybody else. And now, you, now that's two more sentences in a conversation you have to have to get them to consider working with you. Possibly. It depends. It depends on your spin on it and, and what you're teaching. And the, the fact that, you know, if you're, if you're really adding value to people and they are pleased with what they're getting from you, I mean, it's more about the reputation, about your company, your quality, your presence, your availability. All of those things are going to be attached to whatever it is that you call yourself or brand yourself as. So it's really a matter of um, standing out in that way. And if you have any great visual aspects to your business you know people will recognize you across all of the the platforms and they'll be like oh look there's so and so or hey there's so and so and, and then they know who you are wow you couldn't you couldn't answer that better if we had planned it in the green room you took me not only one but two places i'm looking to go with you the next half hour and the first one is uh -oh. the first one <laughs> is I also had a belief that most of the work you do with your website conversions happens before they come to your web page. Uh, so the conversation you have for your email marketing, the conversation you have by having a podcast or being interviewed on podcasts, or mm -hmm. in your case, the conversation they're having with their audience through how they play on social media, what they post, how they post it, how they language it, how they target it, uh, is that something that you think is true, false, am I right, am I all wet? Uh, the question is, is the majority of the website conversion process done before the visitor reaches the web page itself? Yeah, I think so. I think the web page is just the place where they land to be able to get a little more you know, more information, a little deeper, maybe to know where to find you. But when it comes to getting to the website, they've got to know about you before they're even going to go there. Right. I mean, back in the 90s when everything started with the Internet, and my husband was with a company here that started one of the Internet companies here in Nashville before, um, before anybody even knew what it was. You know, everybody had the dial-up. 
They were starting to do the AOL thing. They were starting to get modems in their houses and doing all these things on the Internet that they thought were so cool. And web pages didn't even exist at the time. And he started a business that started that did web pages for companies and then got into some other artificial intelligence type stuff later on. But that was how things started here. Right. And the way that the way that it was back then was that if you didn't get a website, you weren't in business. People were hungry to be able to do searches online and to find things. Um, do you remember what were some of the some of the search engines? Lycos and I guess Yahoo was one of the older ones. And um, that's starting to get into trouble now. But then some of the other search engines, yeah, from back then that don't exist anymore when, you know, after Google came up and kind of took over the world. But if you, if you were not searchable online, people were like, oh, no, I've got to have a website. I, I, people won't think I exist. And at the time, that was all that you needed was to have a website because if you had one, everybody would go look for it and it was so cool to, you know, just to see that you had all this information out there. Right. Well, then all of a sudden, the Internet became so clogged with all of these websites and all of these, you know, informational, you know, places to go. And then it was very difficult to find things because you'd have to click 42 pages in before you would find what it is that you were actually looking for. Yeah. And <laughs> and then finally the indexing started to get cleaned up and that was a lot of Google, you know, doing all of that. And so at that point it was a matter of, well, how do I get seen now? I don't want people to have to click 42 pages down before they find my stuff. Right. How do I get to the top? And so these days it's all about understanding how to get people's eyes on what you've got. And it's not about just getting them to the website. It's about what you're delivering to them before they get to the website so that they'll actually go look at it. Because that's probably where your pain exactly. is. Exactly. Exact, ex precisely. Yeah. And, and see, th and this is what I'm really loving about the evolution of website development here in and where we are today, uh, around 2016, is we are seeing a move towards simplicity with websites, where mm -hmm. instead of the 45-page website, now we're getting down to a five-page website, a three-page website, maybe even a one-page website that does the entire job. One of my clients right now is in the process of transforming a 41-page website that sells one of their services <laughs> into one of those parallax one-pagers that basically just says, here's yeah. the value, here's what it does, here's a bunch of smiling, happy testimonials, and look at the results they got, click here to buy. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, they, and that's and what, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And this is the client who for years has been saying, why can't I just have a one-page website, and bought yeah. into the argument reluctantly, you needed all those pages for search engines. But today, they're excited, it's like, all right, they finally listened to me. I stuck it out for 10 years, and they finally saw it my way. That's why some of these companies like Lead Pages and, you know, some of these other companies right. that have these easy-to-do sites are doing so well because they're like, look, you don't need a 41-page website. Right. You need a great landing page 
that makes people want to click. And you need nothing else to distract them from the purpose of getting on to that page. The right. only thing you want them to do right then is to sign up for whatever it is. You don't want them to go read about your dog and your children and your about page and why you did this and why you did that. You want them to go get your freebie. You want them to go, you know, sign up for your webinar. You want them to go look at your event or whatever it is. You want to get their click yeah. so that you can track them. And because you can always go back to them later with that next spoonful. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we're going to get to retargeting in a second because I have a funny story about retargeting um, that's actually going to tie into another thing that one of our listeners wants to ask. But I just want to make another point here. I'm a, I'm a member of the faculty at Jim Palmer's Dream Business Academy, which has events every year. And uh, that for three years, that event was promoted using a long-form sales letter. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in addition to being on the Dream Business faculty, uh, Jim's company is one of my clients. So we suggested that this time around, rather than having a long-form sales letter to promote the event, that we would actually do a seven-page website that essentially takes the long-form sales letter and breaks it into seven targeted pages. So if you go to the yeah. page, you know, there's a homepage with a video and then, a mission, and then a, like a value statement underneath. Then what you gain, which is the agenda and the curriculum, the faculty, who are the speakers, the agenda, what are we doing on Tuesday, what are we doing on Wednesday, what are we doing on Thursday, what are we doing on Friday, venue and travel information, so you can figure out if you can afford the flight to come in the first place, the wall of fame. Right. The Wall of Fame, which is great because the Wall of Fame is a collection of videos of satisfied attendees who did video testimonials at the various Dream Business Academy events. Uh, yeah. There's a page about a cruise you can sign up for because after Dream Business Academy, you can go on a cruise. There's usually some kind of water type event, whether you go out in the Chesapeake or the San Diego Bay, depending on where the event is. And then a link that says claim your seat now. And that's for the people who've already heard about the event. They've been told they need to come by a friend or they've been following Jim Palmer on social media and email marketing and said, you know what, Dagnabbit, I'm coming to Dream Business Academy. Just tell me where to sign up. And So uh, how many pages do they have to click through before they get to that sign up button? Is it going to be on every page too? Because yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. May have, they may decide that they may have their decision made before they even set foot in exactly. the first page. Exactly. On, exactly. on every page of this site, yeah. every one of these short pages that are they're very targeted with content, there's a big orange button that says click here to claim your seat now. Yeah. It is well, so easy. as long as it's there, then that way they don't have to weed through if they already know. But then right. they're the ones who want to read every little thing, and they're like, oh, and it's like they're drawn in like a story. Here's what we've noticed. Uh, the nature of live events is, you know, especially, the, you know, especially like a serial live event where the same event is done either once a year or twice a year, and this is everybody I know mm -hmm. who does these, is the majority of the people who are going to sign up for your event are not going to do so because they just stumbled onto your web page and said, ooh, look at this event. They saw something no. on social media. Somebody said something about it. They read mm -hmm. an email about it. They heard chatter about it. And they're already pretty much convinced they want to come to the event. They just want to go see what the dates are, and they may want to look at the agenda, just see what this really covers, and get a sense yeah. of what the hotel is going to be, and then they sign up. So we noticed that we're getting a lot more sign-ups for Dream Business Academy than we've ever had before. This is going to be the biggest Dream Business Academy ever, which is great. 
And we also noticed that inquiries to customer service on logistical questions went way down. There were a lot less questions of, well, is this really for me? And where's the hotel? Because it's right there. Right. Yeah, there, there, there are some events out there to this day that don't want to put the name of the hotel on the website because they're afraid that people will book a room at the hotel, book a flight, and then show up at the event without actually signing up for it and just assume they'll be seated. Well, there's two things. Number one, nobody's going to do that. And number two, yeah. one or two people do it, have a premium at the door rate that's like twice what they would have paid if they had just done it the right way, and now you get basically yeah. registrations for the price of one. There is no lose in that scenario. No, there's not, because those people are not going to go to the expense of getting some, themselves right in front of the door when they are not 100% sure they're going to walk in the door. <laughs> right, precisely. And, and, and if, it, if it's an event like, like Dream Business Academy, what's really great about it is they, it has personalized binders. Where when, you, when you come into the, the event, you're given an event binder that has your name printed on yeah. it. Uh, you know what they do? They always just print 10 extra binders and slap labels on them for the latecomers. Hey, if, yep. hey, if you sign it's up like for, a church. If you sign up before a certain date, uh when they when they when they run it through the print shop, they they mail merge your name right onto it. If you show up later, then you get the one with the label. It's just like any event. Uh like if you show up the day of when they give you your attendance badge, yours is going to be the one where your name is handwritten on. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh you know, that's just what you accept and me personally, um fine, whatever. Now, that's the first thing I wanted to uh, cover is, you know, in terms of what we set up. And then the second thing I wanted to mention is, before I tell my retargeting story, is you mentioned about 10 minutes ago about how you will gain credibility and people will want to do business with you when they start to see your name everywhere. And that in itself is one of the beauties of social media. And I want to get some of your own independent thoughts on this that you can use social media to make it look like you're everywhere, even while you're working from the comfort of your balcony in your apartment in Las Vegas. Yeah. That's what you I can. And, and people tell my husband all the time, it's funny, because he, he's got a furniture business, and I started him on his Facebook ad jur- uh, journey back in November, right before Black Friday. And he, did, he had never run any, any ads before. And so I was like, well, I've got to do a training on this, you know, in a couple of days. So let me just, and it's for a lot of product people, a lot of retail type people. So let me just make the demonstration with your company since you have a retail product. And he was like, sure, let's do it. So we went through and created all of that. And he already had been doing a really good job of getting his blog out. He writes really great stories about the furniture because it's a very historical type uh, deal. He makes furniture out of railroad parts, and there's a lot of story in that. And so he writes those blogs. He's a great writer. He's an author anyway, and and it just speaks to, you know, and, and that's another thing, do what you're good at because no matter what it is, if you do something really well, that's what's going to get noticed, and that's what he's been able to infuse into his business. So he puts that out there, and then people pick it up, and they repost it, they share it, you know, whatever it is. And it's not just social media. Some of it is other places, too, because, like, he's been on different uh, magazines and different things around um, online, and then that gets shared, and then he goes and tags them. Right. And people think, oh, you're everywhere. You are just everywhere. And really, 
I mean, he is, but he's not. I mean, he's just, he's he's down the street in Nashville in his studio building furniture. But he's also on social media making sure he pays attention to that because it's a huge part of keeping his name in front of them. And then when it's time for somebody to get this new, nice, awesome coffee table or conference table or, or whatever, they know he's still around. They know he's still in business. And they they think of him because he's still in front of them. So, well, if he wasn't doing that, you know, and if I wasn't doing it in mind, people wouldn't know who I was. I'd go onto people's periscopes and they'll go, hey, Sally, before they even see my name. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, I have wear these big, ridiculous orange glasses in my profile picture. Yeah, everywhere. right, right, exactly. I've, I've seen that photo. So I'm, it's one of the things that really, you know, stands out about you. Uh, so for our listeners, if you're listening live, make sure you sign up for the Business Creators Radio Show station on iTunes so you can get this download as soon as it goes on iTunes a little bit later on within 24 hours. If you are listening to this from iTunes, make sure you go back and listen to it again because – and that three minutes that we just heard, play that a few times and take notes on the parts of it that make the most sense to you that you're able to do for yourself. And that is a recipe for how to appear everywhere on social media from the comfort of your home office or home office. Yeah. Yeah. If there's and, one thing it, you it, gain, it, it's that. There's so much more than that, too. Think about taking photographs of a product that you're selling. And you have other things in the room around it. Wouldn't it make sense to go and tag the makers of all those products? Yeah. That are around yours? It would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, look, there's my lamp right next to that really cool table. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. yeah, now you see, folks, and this is a strategy that has been taught to me many times where if you're looking to create viral buzz on social media, start posting stuff and tagging a whole bunch of people. Now, I'm going to tell you, I personally, um, for that very reason, I approve things I'm tagged in before they appear on my wall because I've seen people, unfortunately, use that as a way to backdoor their way into a sales proposition right on my walls, and I'm not going to have that. But 95% of the time, I'm actually going to approve it. I'm sorry you're not going to get it within two seconds because, you know, I view, I view my space on social media as like my living room. And I'm not going to let anybody just walk in and sell something to me when I'm just trying to kick back. Exactly. Right. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about that. Sometimes it's about co-promotion, lifting right. each other up type exa- of thing, exa- exa- which exa- is what – that's what I mean yeah. by creating viral buzz on social media is where you t- is like a group you get together and you all tag each other as a way of creating a buzz because that puts you all in front of each other's audiences. Yes, and if people would think that way more often, they would do so much better right. because if you want to be a troll out there, you're just a troll and you're a rat in the cage fighting each other. The rats in the cage fight each other, but at the end of the day, the winner is still in a cage. And so, you know, you want to be a troll or the rat who goes around and and spams everybody Uh and does things without relevance, then you're not going to be lifted up like you are if you do something more creative. Exactly. And with, yeah, with a much better attitude. And I'm going to say creative and collaborative, too. If you're going to tag a bunch of people in a post, 
why not get them on board to begin with? Because and I'll tell you, this is something that really irritates the hell out of me. And, and I, I want to hear your counterpoint if you have one, is when people ask a question because they're trying to spark some discussion on social media, and they say, what mm-hmm. say you? And then they tag nine people. If I'm one of those nine people, I will not let that on my wall, and I won't participate. It's like I don't want to be dragged in some conversation because that's the, the equivalent of what if you force somebody into a conversation with their own worst enemy? Well, it depends. Now, you can always turn that around. Okay. You think about – think of every opportunity as an opportunity, whether it's something that rubs you the wrong way or not. Right. A lot of times people will do something it, – it's kind of like – you know, you get those messages sometimes on Facebook, a private message, and it'll have like this whole list of, hey, join my group, and blah, 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 or those crowdfire auto responses uh-huh. on Twitter that are like, hey, go join my whatever, and you're just like, mm, okay. How about instead of reacting in a negative way or just deleting it or getting angry about it, because that just takes energy away from, you know, you, why not respond with, hey, I really love that you're doing this, and it sounds like you would be great uh, with this right here. What do you think? And next thing you know, you know, the way I look at it is that every person who trolls my page is going to become my customer or they're going to get banned. Interesting. See, and this is another case where it's like this is like one of those old school bowling alleys. I keep setting up the pins and you keep rolling strikes. Yeah. I love I, I I love it. Now that, that that's the way. Now that's the positive way of looking at it. Now if it is trolling or spamming, then then those people can feel the ban hammer. But maybe you're being vi- invited to something good. Uh, I mean, it just it just all depends. Um, I personally you never know. Yeah, I per I personally uh, don't want to be dragged into stuff. Um, I prefer to coordinate behind the scenes with people to create the buzz, and then I'll play all day long. So if you ever see me participating in one of those tag fests where it looks like I keep showing up and post with a whole bunch of people tagged next to me and it's showing up on my wall you can take it to the bank that uh, they checked with me first and I said hell yeah I'm all in well I have to say that um, it, that's one you know one, for people to do that without purpose is one thing but but there's also a way to go through and do things with purpose in, right. in the same way and to gain much more from it I started a group of users of Zippy courses Derek Halpern's program um back in august i think is when i started it and i called it zippy course crushers and i i created zippycoursecrushers.com and it redirected to the facebook group and inside the group to be honest with you the reason i created it is because i had bought the software and i didn't know how to use it and i needed help and so i said hey let's create a support group and let's help each other. And next thing you know, I became an expert because all these people came in and everybody knew something I didn't. And we all started sharing and things that I did know, I would do videos and share them with people and help them. And then, of course, I became the great one because I had started the whole thing, right? Right. So, and then Derek got wind of it because, of course, I had uh, kind of let him know in a way that I was doing this and, and wanted him to see what I was doing and I became one of his beta testers for the next Uh round and all these different things. And then he found out that I'd called it Zippy Course Crusher. So I got a private message that was like, Hey Sally, don't want you to um, make it look like you're representing the company because I know you're not. I know you're killing it. It's great. But you know, I don't want you to do that. And I said, sure, no problem. And I changed it. So I changed it to zip your course. Well, next thing you know, 
over the next few months, people were asking me so many questions. I was back to the same space I was a couple of years ago, and I wasn't getting paid for the answers. And I was like, I really need to create a course that teaches people how to use this and gives them all the answers to these questions that they're asking me all the time. And all these other people that had come into the group were starting to answer a lot of questions too. And so I went through and I kind of handpicked out the ones who were like, oh, you're knowledgeable, you're knowledgeable, you're knowledgeable, and so are you. And eight of us got together and wrapped up a course. And we just released it about a month ago. And Well, not even a month ago, just a couple of weeks ago, we finally released the full version versus the beta. And now we have eight people who essentially are competing against each other out there because we all have courses on various social media aspects, but instead of worrying about competing against each other, we've come in with the best of what we know and created something even better because we collaborated. Right. And now we ask, now we're like best friends. We're constantly on our group talking online every day. Hey, what do you use when you do this? Oh, just do this. And then it's like, wow, thank you. It's like your own little support group of like-minded, like-skilled people. But, every, you know, not everybody can know everything. So we have to ask each other. And it's right. been really great. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. We are actually getting near the top of the hour here. We have seven minutes, so uh, there's one thing I want to cover. There's two things I want to cover real fast and spend about a minute on each. So the first one is okay. um, online stock. Excuse me, I mean retargeting. Um, best, oh, pra- yeah. best practices for that because I love retargeting. Would you want me to mention it? Or yeah, you tell want me. To yeah, have tell a question me, tell about me, it. Tell me a few things about retargeting that you found work really well. Because I see people screw it up all the time. Tell me how not to screw it up. <laughs> well, before you even start doing Facebook ads, which is what a lot of people will do, and they realize that they realize very quickly that they just dropped two or three hundred dollars and it went straight into the toilet. Yes. And <laughs> because they don't know what they're doing they will immediately start with their big program that they're selling out to this cold audience of a lot of people who give no care whatsoever to what they're doing. And the way that you have to do retargeting is you have to understand which market you're going for, whether it's the cold one, what I call the room temperature one, the warm market, or the hot market. I mean, the hot market's the one on your list. But the hot market on your list is not necessarily reading your emails all the time. And they're not looking at all your Facebook posts either in your groups. So you do have to force some, you know, your presence in front of them. But what you send to them is very different than what you send to that general group of all those people who like Amy Porterfield. Right. <laughs> you know, you have to go and you choose specifically um, – you know, before you even start your ads, you have to learn how to create that custom audience of people who visit your website so that you'll have them there. You also have to upload all of the people in your list into custom audiences and pull all that together so that you have that warmer market market sitting there waiting. Right. And then your hot market is going to be, your hot market is the ones who've already bought something from you in the past. And, you know, they're going to come back to you if you give them the attention. Precisely. 
Yeah. And the attention you give them is going to be way more valuable than any other attention you give. Because even though they may think they know something already, if you're telling it to them and you want to sell the same thing to them again, just painted in blue instead of orange, they're going to buy it. Um, that's absolutely right. Now, a funny story I have about retargeting. Let me just um, pull this up real quick. Um, there's um, uh, somebody I know who's promoting an event, and they've been doing retargeting through YouTube. Now, you know how on YouTube you get those ads that start playing and you can skip them after five seconds? Yes. So um, a lot of times when we think of retargeting, we think of the moment you book that hotel room, you suddenly uh, start getting ads saying, hey, book a room here which is like really mm-hmm. stupid retargeting, wasting your money, right? Why would you advertise right. that they just confirmed? Now, um, this person is doing retargeting on YouTube, so their ad for their event starts playing, and here are two of the YouTube videos that I was watching. You ready for the titles? Yeah. The most presidential speech by Donald Trump ever, and to be fair and balanced, let me find it, let me find it here real quick. The other one is, this is, uh, this is for the other side of our audience, Bernie Sanders, The Young Turks Interview. I watch both of these videos, and this person has their retargeted ad showing up as that ad that you can skip. So they're, they're literally spanning the spectrum. It's like you can't even make decisions about the future of this country and who you're going to vote for before, without hearing from this person. It's amazing. Well, and that's a good way to be because, to be honest with you, a lot of times people want to see what the other side is saying just to make their decision feel, yes, you know, better. Right. I love that. I love that. Where I'm going with this is with re, you know, with retargeting, you're reaching people where they are. So even though they may not be at the moment thinking, hey, I want to sign up for an event, retargeting allows you to find them where they are hanging out. And just continue to yeah. plant those seeds, plant those seeds, plant those seeds, plant those seeds. So it's like a drip, 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 drip effect that leads to more registrations, more signups, more sales, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That is the beauty of retargeting is you don't even have to be all that strategic about your retargeting. You just have to keep finding the people who fit within your audience. Well, and you can, but you definitely need to change out your strategy, too. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, your images, whatever it is you're touting, because you do get tired of that same ad that goes by thing. times a day. That's the thing. And I've seen the same ugly font that you used last time. You need to yep. change it up a little bit, get also, a little more creative. Yep. Also, when you're retarding, retargeting on a funnel, there should be different ads going out depending on where they got on that funnel. Otherwise, you get the effect of, hey, I just booked a room at that hotel, so now I'm getting all these ads telling me to book a room at that hotel. Yeah, no. What you do is if they clicked on it and looked at it, then they need to get that retargeted ad of, hey, go ahead and book it. But if they already booked it, then you need to be sending them to something else, you know, maybe around the place that gets them to keep that trip. Right. Absolutely. And with that, uh, Sally, you know, we could probably keep going for hours and hours and hours here, but we literally have 90 seconds left. So what I'd like to do is uh, 30 seconds. Uh, well, I know we have some listeners on the edge of their seat wanting to learn more. How do they engage with you and what do you have for them? Right now, I have two things. Socialmediatrafficschool.com is the wait list for my school that is opening enrollment May 1st through the 16th. 
school starts in June and we go for a couple of months, but it is a lifetime access program. It teaches you everything you can imagine. Just go look. And then 50shadesoforangeclub.com gets you into my free social media classroom, which is a Facebook group, huh. and I share what I know all the time. Share that second link again. 50shadesoforangeclub.com. 50shadesoforangeclub.com. I encourage everybody to go check that out. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And, yeah, and stop by socialmediatrafficschool.com. Sally's got a lot of great courses that are running all the time. So uh, Sally Hendricks uh, of Social Media Traffic School, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been an sure. adventure and an education. Thank you. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business.